We are so excited to bring this episode from Armenia to you today. That is right. We are in Yerevan, Armenia, and we've been here since last Sunday, a full week. Yes, and what an eventful week it has been with a lot of ups and downs. It has been a lot of ups and downs. (laughs) More ups than downs, I would say. Yes, better ups than worse downs, if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with how we even got here. You want to share a little bit about how we got here? Yes, so um, we were able to come to Armenia through a contact that we have with a wonderful lady um, that works for Carolina Adoptions. Her name is Phyllis, and she had contacts here in Armenia that she had been working with previous to COVID, I do believe. That is right. So Phyllis is president of Carolina Adoptions, and she has actually a long-standing relationship with Armenia, the government officials, as well as her in-country contacts that are attorneys that are facilitating adoptions. The, since COVID, there's actually been hardly any adoptions that has transpired in Armenia, in all of Armenia. And so they're motivated to get that ramped back up. And we got a special invite to accompany Carolina Adoptions, Phyllis and Molly, their team, to come over here to Armenia. And that's how we got here on Sunday. Yes, and it was it was interesting because right from the get-go, um, we were planning on meeting up with Phyllis and Molly, I believe, in Paris, and then coming the rest of the way here together. However, their flight to Paris was canceled, so right from the beginning, we kind of had to rearrange plans. A little bit of turbulence, something that we've found on these trips that we do, these advocacy trips, is you have an idea on what it's going to be like and you have a itinerary and you kind of have a plan on what is going to transpire. But in all cases, three for three now that we've done, it has been very different than what we originally had planned. And so, of course, it would make sense that Phyllis and Molly's flight would get delayed a day and that they'd be coming in an extra or a day later. So that actually gave us a good opportunity to meet with uh, Verduhi. Did I say that right? Varduhi. I am just, I am not a good Armenian speaker. <laughs> we call her Rosa for short, but she was awesome. Her and her family and her team met us at the airport late on Sunday night, and they have taken care of us like nobody else in the entire, the entire week that we are here. They truly are the example of the host of hosts. Yes, they have been amazing. Just incredible hospitality and just incredible. Um, Bardu is very incredible. She's just got a lot of energy and a lot of spirit, and she is so passionate about what she does. So it's been amazing to see all of the work and the lengths that she is willing to go to to help these children and to make things work out for them. Yep, she has a team here. She's an attorney, and she has a team of attorneys here in Armenia that part of their practice is they have partnered with Carolina Adoption Services to offer these adoptions and help these families. Probably the best way to describe Barduri is that she is our Armenian mother and she's the Armenian mother for everybody that comes here to adopt. Yes, she's yeah, she's pretty incredible. So I think maybe we should say that like in the past year, I believe there were only two adoptions from Armenia, which is really down from what they yeah. had done previous to COVID. So um, a big part of that is just trying to get that going again. And Brady was able to go and meet in the first meeting with the government officials 
on what day was that Tuesday that was on Tuesday so Phyllis and Molly got here on Monday night Monday was a, a day for us to um, get acquainted with the local culture and we had a wonderful dinner with um, Barduri and, and her team and then on Tuesday when Phyllis got here we had our first meeting with uh, the local authorities but I think it would be awesome to share about the connection that we were able to make before that so on Tuesday um, morning yes Tuesday morning Brady and I and Bonnie, who is with us, traveling with us, we were able to go and meet with um, President Sterling, who is the president of the mission here in Armenia, the mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so that was a wonderful opportunity to be able to go and connect with him and just hear a little bit about um, the culture in this area and the needs of the people in this area and be able to receive some good counsel from him as well. Yeah, it was great to learn about just the the work that's transpiring here for the missionaries that are here and the great successes that they're having. And in many ways, we feel like there's just a strong connection to everything that we're doing to help these children and how it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ and being able to help all of God's children. And so that was a great way to start the start the week. Yes, it was. And um and he was, do you want to share the counsel that he gave? Please. Some of the counsel he gave. Um, he was just so, so patient and kind and just talked about making the communities better and just everything that we do. We have the intent of coming in and trying to really like build the people, build relationships, help make the community better. And so we just loved um, what he was talking about because it feels so in line with like what we hope to do. And we were able to share a little bit about how, you know, our, our hopes would be that, um, the children here in Armenia can stay in their families and be able to, you know, be raised confidently by their families because, it, once again, like coming to this country, it has um, made me realize how lucky we are when we can keep our children that have disabilities or medical needs or hard things like that because a lot of times that just is not the case in these countries where there's the only option is for them to um, place their children in in hospital care or in orphanages. I, I think that's actually a great foundation for one of the biggest takeaways that I've had this week is we've, we've known this, but we've seen it firsthand here. Oftentimes, and it was no different in the United States a number of years ago, but what's transpiring in these countries is that when a child is born and a diagnosis of Down syndrome or cerebral palsy or something that is a disability when that diagnosis is given to the families. In essence, it is the only option for them in their minds. And oftentimes the option that is presented to them is that these children are given up, that they go to an institution and that they are not part of the family. And so that is still very much a prevalent part of the culture here in Armenia, but we've seen things transpiring over this last week of people, pioneers that I would say that are changing that and that are doing a great work there. Yes, just as we were visiting with President Sterling, um, he mentioned a place in Gumri where um, there is a, a restaurant that has been created for people with disabilities to be able to obtain jobs and serve and they work there and they make the food and serve the people there and um, as we were talking about that you know we were talking he told us as well about a, uh, a therapy center that has been created that many of the it's people it's, yeah, they're in conjunction together where these children are able to go and receive therapies and learn skills so that then 
as they grow and mature, they're able to um, work at this at this restaurant. And so that was something that, that we just learned about while we were out here. And um, so we we will tell this, a little, I guess, later on as we go through yeah. the, the week. But we were, were able to eventually visit there, and it was pretty incredible. Yep. And so as we started this journey in our past experiences, like, for example, when we went to Columbia, the bulk of the time that we spent was spent in foster homes and in orphanages, meeting children and being able to tell story or capture the stories of the children. And that's what we've experienced in the past. But as you know, in every experience, it's going to be different. We learned very quickly that we were actually going to be lucky if we were gonna to get to go to a single orphanage while we were here. We learned that in our very first government meeting. And so as we had shared, the work in Armenia has in essence come to a standstill. Very, not a standstill, but very, very few adoptions that are transpiring. And so part of that is due to COVID and part of it is due to just various leadership changes and, and government bureaucracy and legislation that has transpired. So a big part of the work that we were doing is meeting with the correct government officials to try and loosen some of the restrictions that are preventing individuals from getting adopted. I've learned quickly that in Eastern Europe, it is different here. <laughs> it is very, very regimented, I would say. Um, regimented in, in just how things are, how things are processed and, and how, how it's, it's difficult to, to turn the tide, I would say. But thankfully, with the great work of Phyllis and the great work of Arduri and her team, we were able to meet with wonderful people. That's actually one thing I would say is that the people all are very, very kind and they do want what's in the best interest of the children. It's just there's a lot of red tape that we needed to work through. Yes. So I would say after the first meetings on Tuesday, the we were quite discouraged because we found out <laughs> that we were not going to be able possibly to visit any of the orphanages, um, that it would be more about about these meetings and trying to push things forward. But as um, Brady explained, like Vardui and Phyllis were fantastic. They didn't give up. They kept contacting officials. We had a dinner. They created another meeting where we could come and just explain the process of what we were hoping for and what we yeah, wanted they, to do. They gave us an opportunity to do a presentation. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and so we um, very quickly put together um, a presentation. Uh, we rented a room here at the hotel where we were staying and the officials came and Phyllis did a spectacular job I had the opportunity to share some about Rod's Heroes as well, but we started to see just doors open and hearts softened. Um, a major part of the culture here in Armenia is their opportunity to gather together for dinner. And so on Tuesday night, I'm sorry, Wednesday night and Thursday night, we had the opportunity to gather. Thursday night in particular was with the government officials and the team here in Armenia. And it was, my, for me, I don't know if it was for you, but the the record for longest dinner that we've ever had but i also would say record for one of the most memorable dinners that we've ever had and i think that hearts were definitely softened during that time i think in total we went four hours and 15 minutes yes is we how were, long we that were at was the restaurant for four hours and 15 minutes <laughs> and it was it was pretty amazing they um bring out the mill in different courses and so 
that's kind of nice because it's spread out. You know, you have time to digest a little bit and eat a little more than you normally would, I guess. How many courses <laughs> would you say we had? I don't know. Seven, maybe? Maybe. And so this was a, uh, this was a traditional Armenian dinner, and it, uh, it was in a, a, just a very cool place. There was a band, like a live Armenian band that was there, and it was a very traditional environment. I would say there was dancers, Armenian mm -hmm. dancers, that were a part of that. And the traditional Armenian costumes. Yep. And the, the band was not like an American band. It was an Armenian band, so there was like this horn that I've never seen before, these hand drums. There was like this... Um, I don't even know what it's called, but it's like a, it's like a harp guitar. on your lap. Yeah. That you're, this lady like plucks with like her fingers. Like a really, it's, lots of strings. Yeah, but it's not vertical. It's not like up and down. It's like placed across your lap. A harp on your lap. I like she, it. <laughs> like played, I don't and know. She played it, was cool. it fast. And there was like another, yeah, another thing Different that was kind of like a hand guitar, drums but not really. Just, to, just instruments that are unique to Armenia. Yeah, very cool experience there. And then after a while, dancers kind of cleared out, the professional dancers, and they allowed for all of the guests to be able to dance as well. And so that was just a ton of fun. Um, the food here is awesome. I mean, I'm not just saying that to say that. The food here has been 10 out of good. 10. Really Very great fresh. food. Very fresh. Lots Every, of herbs. It tastes good. Yep, everything. Um, lots of fresh herbs, fresh vegetables. Fruit. Fresh fruit in every every single meal. So I felt like that night was a turning point for us. Mm -hmm. and yeah, we were able to just visit and get to know the government officials, get to know them more on a personal level, which was fantastic because like Ray said, I think that's when um, hearts soften, when they kind of see like where you're coming from and the, they get to be like a little more familiar with your intent. And so definitely we saw a lot of progress in that dinner. And then the next day was when they told us, okay, you can go visit an orphanage. So mm -hmm. I think it went well. That is, yeah. The very next day was my favorite day that we had because it was the opportunity to go to the orphanage. So we, um, we woke up that day, uh, that was Thursday, and they let us know that they had made arrangements for us to visit a local developmental center that was created by the predominant faith here, by the predominant church, the Catholic Church. And they said that this is a place for children that have disabilities, in particular children that have Down syndrome. This was actually exclusive to children that have Down syndrome to go and to receive early intervention and occupational therapy. And it was 100% focused for kids that had Down syndrome. So I think I should mention this was kind of a funny thing because they were telling us we have this centered, you know, that one of the, the priests has started and it's a program, they're gonna do a program for kids with Down syndrome is kind of how it was translated. Yeah. So in our minds, at least for me, I know I was thinking, oh, they're gonna do a program for us. Like the, the kids are gonna do a program for us is what the, how the interpretation came across to me. And so I was expecting to go like see these kids put on a program. And so when we went, it was a little bit my, different. And my interpretation was a little different than that <laughs> even. That's one thing that I will say. Things do get lost in communication. The, the translation, like, they speak, uh, they, many do speak English, but many do not. And um, many speak Armenian, many speak Russian. I mean, it, there's a lot French. of different languages going, and it's not easy to translate. My interpretation of what the day was going to be 
was that we would go and that we would see and tour the facility and, and actually meet all of the children that are there. So that's, that's what I was going <laughs> so I think, into that. I think we all kind of went in with different expectations. Nonetheless, we took this bus up there and we all got off. And I think we were each expecting something a little different than what actually <laughs> which, transpired. Which is the case, I think, in most circumstances on these trips. You just, you never know what you're going to get yourself into. So... So we went into this building. We got we arrived at our destination on our little bus with Vardui and her team and our team and Phyllis's team. We all were there. We go into this building and we start walking up these two stories to where we need to go. And it's just like, this. it seems to be this abandoned building. It's just like dark and there's wires hanging out everywhere and, you know, it doesn't seem like safe <laughs> to be in this building even. But then you walk through these doors on the second floor and all of a sudden, there's like this bright, beautiful facility, like just, you know, like you're walking into this doctor's office. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. They had pictures on the walls of all of the children that they were serving. And every single one of those children, you know, all the way from an infant, all the way up to to even teenage years, I would say, were pictures on this wall and they all had Down syndrome. So I, I just, I felt such a... It just felt like being at home knowing and and just like an extreme gratitude for the work that they were doing for individuals with Down syndrome. So when we got in there, we met the priest. And again, as it was described to us, this was an opportunity to meet and to take pictures and to make a video and everything seemed like it was set. So we had, we went in there, cameras ablazing, taking pictures. We had two or three different cameras going at the same time. And when we met the priest, Father Gregor, you could tell that he was not happy. (laughs) He was was definitely not happy at all. And he immediately told us um, no cameras, no pictures. He was very serious. And the whole tone of the moment just changed. And I wasn't exactly sure why. In fact, um, Verdui spoke to him in Armenian and explained like, no, you know, like the what we do and and how we help children with Down syndrome and just really tried to explain and and develop a relationship and nurture that relationship sharing of what we do. And he just was not having it. Like he did not like nothing. He did not want any cameras and it just felt like he did not want us there at all. And so at this time, I didn't know that he had a child with Down syndrome. Did you know that he had a child with Down syndrome when we first got there? Mm -hmm. So I don't think any of us really knew his story. We just knew that there's this Catholic priest, Father Gregor, that was very not happy to see us. So he goes through and he gives us a tour. And there there was only two kids there, I think. Like there was a little maybe one-year-old, cutest little baby that had Down syndrome. And then there was another little girl that was maybe 12 or 13 years old that was there that had Down syndrome. That, that were receiving their therapy. That they were receiving their therapies. And so we, you know, kind of took the tour. And then we were back in that main area. And we had only been there 10 or so minutes. And, and that was kind of it. And so um, as we started to talk to him, though... And he did not speak English, so everything was being done in translation. Um, We saw a a true tender mercy and a true miracle transpire. So we started to learn about his story. And we learned that um, he has been a Catholic priest for his entire adult life. We learned that 
it was seven years ago that his son was born and he found out that his son has Down syndrome. And as often is the case with parents when they find this diagnosis, they lean into it and 100% embrace it. And that's exactly what Father Grigor has done. So he began showing us his website and the pictures and videos and things that they were doing. And he was showing, the things that he was showing us was just like, I, I actually became emotional seeing it. He was showing us a play that they had put on that was completely done by individuals with Down syndrome. This was a very well put together play. This was a wonderful production, great costumes. I believe it was at that local, um, it was at that local uh, theater where it was, it was done in a very professional environment. And I just saw the light in Father Gregor starting to grow and starting to really develop. And I could see that his heart was starting to soften as we began to talk to him. So what, what were you experiencing when you were seeing that? Yeah, it was just like you described, like at, at first, you know, it was not what we expected. Obviously we were not what he expected. And so there was a little bit of um, discomfort there, I get, would say, and a little bit of irritation all around because, you know, we <laughs> were excited to, to see this and to make this story or share this story. And then it kind of wasn't what we had thought. And so anyway, it did take a little bit of time to work through it, but it was awesome because as um, Bardui was able to translate and to kind of um, explain to him and have him hear a little bit more, you know, about he was, he was very passionate about sharing what it's like care for to be a parent of a child with Down syndrome, which was very eye-opening for all of us. Mm -hmm. And that was when it really hit home to me, like how lucky we are to have the resources that, that we've had for our sons, for our children. And so definitely there was like a, a turning point there where, where everybody's heart softened and we were able to just have a really really incredible experience with him and build a, a friendship. And so once, you know, once that happened, then, um, you know, we all realized that we, we have the same goals, the same desires, the same dream. And so it, you know, you, when that happens, when you realize that you quickly become friends and want to be on the same team and want to be working together. Well, and I would, I would say, so I had the opportunity to share with him that, uh, I also have two children that have Down syndrome and, um, you know, we just, you could feel a relationship develop and you could just feel hearts and see hearts soften after probably a good 45 minutes as a, of us standing there and translating back and forth and sharing one another's story that way. Um, I just had such a sense of gratitude for him because he truly is a pioneer in this country and the work that he is doing for these children, they, they're serving 180 kids that have Down syndrome. And kids are coming all the way from Georgia, another country, um, to come and receive the therapies that they're providing. He said that many families travel four and five hours one way to be able to receive the therapies and that 100% of the cost of the therapies they they fundraise for, that they don't charge anything for the services that they provide and they don't receive any government funding as well. And so just my heart really went out to him and those pictures and videos that he was showing were proof of the work that he's doing for the children here in Armenia that have Down syndrome. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty incredible and inspiring. So I think we left there feeling like 
motivated again and really excited about um, the work that is being done and just the progress that one person is making is pretty incredible to see. Yeah, and when we, um, when we left, so we had said goodbye and we went back downstairs and out to the street and we were just sitting there waiting for our little bus to come pick us up and he came back out and was visiting with one of the interpreters and I wasn't I wasn't by them at the time but the interpreter called me over and said come here for a second Brady and I came over and and Father Gregor was there and she said um, Father Gregor wanted me to ask you if you are a man of faith and I got to I got to respond to that and I got to share about my my belief in God and and my belief in Jesus Christ with him and um, he obviously is a man of faith as well. And so that was also a bonding moment for us, knowing that, um, in fact, I shared this with the translator that she shared with Father Gregor, that I believe strongly that we are entrusted with these little special spirits that have Down syndrome into our families for a reason, and that it doesn't come by chance that we get these children and that I believe God entrusts families with these special spirits, not just to raise them, but to allow those children to shine the light that exists within them and ultimately sing that song they're meant to sing. And he also feels that, and it is proof with the work that he's doing for his son. So for me, that was actually the highlight of the entire trip. And I feel like there's work that can be done there um, I feel like there's opportunity to be able to expand the services that they are providing to make it so it's easier for families to receive these services throughout the entire country of Armenia and expanding that into Georgia. And I also think that just as we have seen in so many different ways that the, these, these doors as it relates to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing the good news that exists out there through the miracle of Down syndrome is going to develop and grow. And so I had in my mind um, thinking of how amazing would it be to do a, a World Down Syndrome Day event here in Armenia. And he shared that they do do a really big celebration around that on uh, March 21st every year. And I thought, who knows, maybe next March, that would be a pretty cool thing to bring Cooper and Nash and to bring a number of individuals from the United States who are passionate about Down syndrome, bring them here to Armenia and have a very special celebration for World Down Syndrome Day. I, I also had in my mind really come strongly as I was talking to Father Gregor um, around the children that are in orphanages that have Down syndrome. And I think, in fact, this is a great segue into what we've learned. Um, one huge miracle that transpired as a result of all of this work is that Armenia did share with us a very detailed list, shared with Caroline Adoption Services, I should say, a very detailed list of all of the children that they have that are ages six and under uh, that are eligible for adoption. And on that list, there uh, are 23 of those 67 children on that list uh, have Down syndrome. And so uh, I've, you know, I've never seen anything like that in all of Colombia as we've done work there. All of Colombia, there's, there's nearly a thousand children that um, would be considered special needs that um, are eligible for adoption. I believe there was only eight that had Down syndrome. And I believe the youngest was seven, if I'm not mistaken. And here we have a list of 23 children 
in Armenia, all of which have Down syndrome, all of which are six and under. Um, I think the youngest child on there was six months old is what I saw. And um, what a stewardship and what an opportunity it is to get to, to get to advocate for these children. So I just see a special connection between the work that Father Gregor is doing in uh, serving these individuals with Down syndrome, as well as I see that connection to where if we could potentially offer this service to those 23 children that are in these orphanages, what a special miracle that would be. So that's the end of part one. We'd like to invite you to listen to part two and see what happens next. Mm -hmm.